Hey guys, before we start this episode, I want to give you a little bit of a background as to why we interviewed, who we interviewed, and what this podcast is about. So this episode is really important to me. Um, May was Mental Health Awareness Month, and so we got two people um, to come in and talk about mental health and how the beauty industry um, can do better at um, helping those affected with um, issues that we're going to discuss in the podcast today. So I know this is coming out in late June, but we did record in May. Even though May is Mental Health Awareness Month, we all know that this is something that we need to be talking about year-round. So this isn't just a one-month issue. This is something that is very close to all of our hearts, especially with Tennessee School of Beauty. And so um, we think it's really important to get this out there, even if it isn't in Mental Health Awareness Month. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we're really excited to do something a little bit different today. Welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today we are here recording at Tennessee School of Beauty. We're doing something a little bit different today. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we thought that we would bring in a couple of people to talk to us about mental health. So we are here with Caroline Whitaker, Program Therapist, and Lauren Starrett, Marketing and Community Relations Coordinator at Focus Integrative Center. So hi guys, welcome to the hi. show. Hi. So glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us. So like I said, this is something we haven't covered yet on the podcast, but it's something that we see all the time. I see it every day in the school. Um, I think that all of us can um, benefit by giving a little bit more attention to this subject. So I'm really excited to talk about it. It's a cause that's really close to our hearts and that we try to be as involved in like as much as we can. So I'm, I'm really excited that you guys are here. So I want to start off by just talking about focus a little bit. So can you tell us about the services that are offered there um, and what you do at um, Focus Integrative Services? Yeah. So um, Um, At Focus Integrative Centers, we offer a variety of wellness and support services. Um, We do nutritional consultations. We have very experienced and compassionate practitioners that do individual and couples therapy, uh, group therapy. We have massage therapists on staff. We can do body movement and and private yoga, trauma therapy. Basically, it's very much a holistic, integrative healthcare experience. Um, But in addition to that, we have an intensive outpatient program for clinical eating disorders. Awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot that is there and there's a lot that we can in our community take advantage of. And a lot of people don't know that this is even a place that exists. So Mm -hmm. if you're not in Knoxville, I'm sure that there are um, programs available um, to you, but we're speaking specifically to Knoxville and what you all can do in this community. So um, this industry that we're in is very, very um, outer beauty focused. So everything's pretty. That's our goal. That's what everyone's coming to school to figure out how to do. Pretty hair, pretty makeup, pretty nails. Um, But there's so much more to that. And one of the things that we try to talk about with our students um, is loving yourself on the inside, too. So what I wanted to ask you is what can stylists, um, you know, be doing better to support their guests, not only feeling good on the outside, but on the inside as well? Oh, I love this question. So first of all, I want to celebrate all of the people out there who have dedicated their lives to beautifying the world around them. Um, I think it's such a noble profession to work on making the world around you feel and act more beautiful and confident. So what I look for typically in my practice, especially with body image, is how much does your body image influence how you feel about yourself? 
Because um, with negative body image, we tend to see that no matter what good qualities I bring to the world, it does not matter if the outside looks like trash. So the more you value what happens on the outside, the less time you have to develop what's on the inside, the less time you have to really focus on other pursuits. And I'm sure you've seen that in uh, people who come to your chairs or people even come to your schools where it's, you know, I, I can't function if I don't look just right or if this makes me look too fat, I'm just not going to go tonight. Um, so what we look for uh, in healing and recovery from eating disorders especially, but really in any sort of low self-esteem situation, is the ability to recognize and call out the positive qualities that you bring to the table. Um, so being able to recognize that, yeah, maybe I don't look my best today, but I really crushed that presentation, but you know that client left so happy and so beautiful today and I really did a good job. Um, I'm a loving, caring parent, partner, cat mom, whatever that might be for you. Um, so being able to see that you know my life is worth more than what my outer appearance offers other people. So that's great and that's all such good advice for um, for just our students as well and I love that you tied that in there because I think that as much as this is about the guests and how Silas can be aware, I think it's really important that the students understand those feelings as well of waking up in the morning and not wanting to come to school. Um, anxieties and those kinds of things. I mean, our typical student um, and a typical beauty school student, let's say, um, just for not just in Knoxville, but is about, you know, 18 to 25. Mm -hmm. Those are, these are, you know, extremely pivotal years. We're setting, you know, an example and we take that all very seriously of how we handle, um, how we handle our students and how we talk to them and how we support them and love them, you know, through this challenging time. So it's not even just, um, like you said, like eating disorders and stuff. I mean, it's just general mental health um, that we all need to focus on and just get tips on things that can help. But I know I talk to students all the time that are like, I just couldn't get out of bed today. I just couldn't get out of bed. That's why I've missed school. It's why I've missed a week. And then they miss a week and now oh, they're completely. anxious about missing that week. And that just builds and builds and builds. So um, I think that, yeah, just making sure that you're feeling good on the inside and things that we can do to feel better on the inside. Honestly, I think that's really important. And that's, you're right, that's so important, especially like you said, 18 to 25 is some of the, it's some of the scariest years yeah. you'll ever go through because mm -hmm. you're really finding out who you are, you're really out on your own for the first time, uh, developing an identity, perhaps this is something you've been passionate about your whole life and you just want to be good at it and you care so much about it that the anxiety and trying to be good at this and competing with other people just gets so high that it it almost starts to feel like it's not worth it anymore sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's what we really, really want to keep an eye out for, not just for your fellow friends, but also for you. Where it's, yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that we can be looking for? You know, as Silas, you know, we're so involved with our guests. We sometimes become their family. Um, we are with them years and years and years through weddings, babies, proms, all of that stuff. So what are some of the things that we can be looking for um, or warning signs of someone that might be struggling with body image issues? Definitely. So I'm, I'm thinking from an eating disorder perspective, but I start to look for uh, people who talk about the extremes they've gone to to try to manipulate their body. Um, so, you know, it might be normal to say someone's, uh, I'm really, really stressed out about this. I want to look good. I want this to be a beautiful day. And to the extent that it starts to escalate into, I haven't eaten in three days trying to fit into this dress, or I found out that if I can just throw up after every meal that I can eat but not save those calories. Um, or if you've got people who say, like, I've been exercising four hours a day every single day for the last three months. Um, we're really looking for the, that obsessive pattern of, I have to manipulate my body in order to be happy. Um, 
And you'll especially hear that when uh, you've got people in your chair for a big event, um, prom especially. I know this prom season has been so, so difficult for young um, girls and boys who have struggled with eating disorders um, because they're worried that they're being judged. They're worried that, you know, this is the time that people are going to remember me. I want to look back on this and be beautiful. And there is more to life than being beautiful. Right. I think most people that we see in our clinic honestly have very normal BMIs. So they might look as though they have nothing wrong with them, and that's mm-hmm. not at all something to call out or right. point out because it's one of those, uh, you know, an eating disorder isn't just your body. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, how big or small you are. It's that mm-hmm. attitude. It's how much you beat yourself up for what you're eating or what you're not eating. It's how much you hate and can't stand what your body looks like or feels like, and it's this feeling that I can't be happy until my body looks Perfect. Or I'm at a certain exact weight. Yep. Exactly. People just have these goals and, and it's escalated and snowballed into something that is a eating disorder rather than just, you know, body image issue. So Yeah. Yeah. Just having body image issues doesn't mean it's an eating disorder. Right. I mean, body image issues are part of being human because we're designed to like compare ourselves yeah. to other people. It's very we're, natural. Yeah, so so natural. We when we start to worry is when body image starts to turn into I am not lovable, I am not worthy until I can get my body looking the way that perfect or that the models do yes. or that my friends do. Or that I did 10 years ago. Which yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially, definitely hear yeah. that a lot. Yeah. So what are some things that if, you know, we have a stylist, student, salon owner, how do we um, handle those situations? What are the words that we can say to help? How do we um, suggest help mm-hmm. or without being offensive, obviously. I mean, this is new territory right. for a lot of people and this is not something, and I'm actually really excited that we're doing this on the podcast because this is not something that's taught in beauty school. But mm-hmm. now as we're talking, I mean, I think this is incredibly important and I think it's something that um, does need to be discussed more and stylists need to be trained in this just as much as they need to be trained in you know, all the other things that we, you know, we teach them here. So what are the things Mm -hmm. that we can do um, to help that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a good question. So it's so important to approach with compassion rather than judgment. Because I know it's so, so easy in our common conversation to say, girl, just eat a sandwich. Or like, maybe you need to put that down. Or uh, So first of all, checking in what your beliefs and assumptions about what beauty and health really are. Um, because your clients will start to pick up on, you know, if you really say, oh, no, you're perfect the way you are, but then you start talking about your own diet or your own exercising plans, people can pick up on that inconsistency. So making sure that the message you're putting out to your client is one of, you know, body acceptance and loving yourself enough to take care and beautify yourself rather than trying to beautify yourself to punish yourself and hide under, you know, makeup and a new haircut. Um, the other uh, the other way to address it would be... a uh, Honestly, but gently. Um, So being able to approach that and say, uh, you know, when you say that, I'm really worried about you because I know these, that kind of behavior really isn't healthy and it could really put you in danger. Um, Or especially if you see someone sitting in your chair that looks pale, that looks shaky, maybe their hair quality is really changed, like it's falling out. Um, You can usually tell by looking at somebody when they're not doing well. Um, So being able to call that out saying, I'm really, really worried about you. Um, I'd like you to go talk to somebody about this. I'd be happy to sit with you and make that phone call or maybe, honestly, you can use my favorite line in therapy, which is, tell me more about that. Um, so you might sound like a therapist, but I think people trust their uh, 
their yeah. beauticians more than they trust their oh definitely yeah. we say that all the time I and mean, when we have people that come in and they're like oh hey i was gonna go do this we're like well you're still gonna be able to be a therapist like you're gonna hear everyone's every stuff that you don't even want to know you're gonna mm-hmm. hear it mm-hmm. and completely you're definitely not trained in how to handle those things or you might not always say the right thing but right. i think that just having the knowledge and the compassion like you said to to pick up care. on the flags when you yeah. hear it yeah. so honestly it's a when you hear something say something so the second yeah. you hear something that your client might be doing that is dangerous or problematic call it out and say, you know, you said that you haven't eaten in three days. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Just showing so, that yeah. genuine concern and compassion that you really do care. And yes. maybe they haven't talked to anybody about it yet. So maybe yeah. you're the one person that's asked to hear more. Yeah. Because when you show them that you care about it, you show that it's not stigmatized. Um, so many people struggle with disordered eating. So you show that here is somebody that I can finally start to talk to and get some feedback from. Um, the other thing I really want to emphasize too is don't feel like you have to fix them when they're in your chair. Because um, that's a lot, a lot of pressure and you might not know how to do it. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't imagine just seeing one person one time for a half an hour and completely revolutionizing the way they see themselves in their body and their life. That's so hard to do. So as long as you can show them that basic human decency of, you know, I really care about you. I want you to take care of yourself. Maybe let's make this phone call together. Or maybe like, let me get you this phone number. Um, please call me if you are having trouble eating, uh, being there the way that you know how to be there and then letting that other person follow up with somebody that can sit with them long term and really work on the underlying stuff. Yeah, I think that's all so important. I think that Mm -hmm. there also is the side of um, in the salons, and I kind of want to talk about this is with the focus of being like beautiful and pretty. um, It's really, really easy to compare yourself to everyone else that's doing that same exact thing. So stylists, obviously it's required that you show up, hair and makeup and all of that stuff needs to be done all the time. Um, what risks do you see in in that environment just being the world that you live in? I think it's really easy um, to just fall into that trap of like, that's important. This is what is most important. So what tips do you have for someone that's in a salon to not fall into that trap, to not only focus on um, just for themselves on the, on the outer beauty? Completely. And that's so, so hard because we're wired for self-comparison because we want to know that when we walk into a room, However we are, whatever we look like, whatever we're doing fits in with the group around us. That's just part of our evolution. So when we feel like we're falling short, we're going to feel that immediate surge of shame where it's like everyone else looks prettier than I do and they're going to start making assumptions about maybe I'm not as talented at being a beautician and maybe, you know, maybe I'm secretly ugly and bad and because we, we attribute so much to being pretty mm-hmm. um, and we don't really look at what might be beyond that. So maybe if someone comes in rough one day, checking in on them and seeing like, are you having an okay day? Is everything going well at home? Um, or calling out when your peers uh, do something right. So maybe they're having a rough day and maybe they're not feeling their best. Celebrating the other qualities that make them beautiful that are so far beyond the outside. So like we said earlier, you know, calling out, hey, you did a really good job on that color today. Or, hey, I saw you uh, pick up this shift for somebody else. That's really kind of you, and I appreciate how hard a worker you are. Um, So letting people know that they are important beyond what their face or their body can offer the world will let them feel a little bit more comfortable being authentic. You know, maybe coming to work 
taking some risks with their makeup. Maybe it looks crazy, maybe it doesn't look like it's enough, but people will do amazing things when they know that they can take risks in a safe place and still be supported. Yeah, one of the things, um, I actually had this conversation with um, one of the other girls that I work with the other day, and um, we were like having a conversation, and we were talking about how, um, just like in this industry, like, you know, other men in the industry or just sometimes it's just oh you're the cute one you're the pretty one whatever um and we were talking about how somebody had um made this comment like oh you're really smart i can't believe that you like thought of that that's great you're smart and i was like that might be the first time that anyone has ever like vocalized that and like not that like oh like she's just a ditzy whatever but like really that was like the first time like everyone really likes to compliment especially around here um just like you look cute love this like whatever like it's so just it's there's not a lot of depth like there's not a lot of we don't get you know below the surface very often Mm -hmm. so I think that one of the things that we can all do better is just to make sure we're complimenting other things other than looks other than hair other than makeup like all of that thing that stuff is really important or if it is if it is a comment on the external appearance Mm -hmm. tie it into something deeper it's like you look so good today you have such a great eye for color matching or you look great today you have such an artistic vision with a brush or I could never have imagined you know pairing this with this and here it is and Mm -hmm. it looks great you know way to take a risk Um, so yes we want to try to steer away from complimenting the outside even though it's so easy, it's so easy to because, you know, you know when somebody passes you and they worked hard on that outfit and yeah. they want someone to validate that. Right. And give them something more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important to not just stay so surface. Like, it, for one, like you right. said, for every outer appearance compliment that you're going to give, just make sure there's something, like, with a little more depth um, there, too. Because that can really change someone's day. It can change, like, just somebody hearing that might be like, I really needed to know that. Like, I really needed to know that I worked hard on that color and that it did look good. That it did turn yes. out the way that I wanted it to because I worked really hard on that. So I think that that's something that just in general all of us can can do a little bit better, but and especially here. It'll feel uncomfortable at first because there is something almost intimate about someone saying like, you know what, you have such a great energy about you or you just have this way about you that lights up a room or just you have the best, you know, personality. And it's like sometimes being complimented on that leaves us in this feeling of, uh, because we're not used to being complimented on yeah. it. And it means that we've allowed ourselves to be seen. Yeah. Or it's like our true personalities are coming out and someone saw that. That can be kind of scary for people who aren't used to being comfortable enough to be themselves, that shouldn't stop you from doing it. Because the more people know that people see other qualities in me than just my face, Mm -hmm. they're going to show you even more and they're going to work to the best of their abilities. Yeah. I really love that. I think that that's all so important. So Lauren, one of the things I wanted to ask you was um, if somebody is thinking about contacting um, this organization or if they you know, are coming in, what can they expect on that first visit? What kinds of things will um, you know, they be exposed to? Because um, I think that if there's somebody listening that is like, I really want to call, I really mm-hmm. want to contact them, um, it might be helpful to kind of know what will happen or what they will go through when they start. Well, we're located in the Cherokee Mills building, and that's an old building, um, used to be an old factory. It's absolutely beautiful, and I'm, I'm just saying that because so many people think of treatment as a cold and sterile hospital, and it's not like that at all. It's very warm. It's very inviting. And, very um, industrial chic. Yes, industrial chic. Perfect, <laughs> yes. And um, our, our receptionist, Penny, is probably the nicest person um, she's always has a smile on her face, and 
I always feel good when I walk in because that's the first thing you see is her. Um, and she's also the first point of contact. Um, you can call her, you can email her, and she will walk you through every step. We actually do offer free assessments. So if you think, um, actually, I have a friend or a family member or somebody I know who may be struggling and, and maybe I should pass this uh, information along, we can do a free assessment. It doesn't cost anything. You would just call or email and we can get that set up for you. Um, I love that. So it seems very low pressure. It seems like there's not mm-hmm. a lot of commitment. I like not that there's a, a free assessment no. as well. And I think that this is a really hard thing to even admit that you struggle with or somebody else. It's mm-hmm. so fragile. It's such like the deepest part of you right. that you don't like to share. You don't like yeah. to talk about. It's hard enough to talk, you know, about yourself like to a therapist, but about your, you know, the thing that you've been struggling with. Um, so I think that that's awesome that yeah. coming in is no pressure and it's just will be like an easy um, assessment. And yeah. it might, you might walk out and be like, you know what, this isn't for me, but it's worth, you know, going to have the conversation. Yeah. And we can always refer, True. you know, maybe you're like, you know, actually, I just want to talk to somebody. We have people there just to talk to So um, eating disorders in general, just they don't discriminate. I mean, men and women and boys and girls all ages all races anyone can have an eating disorder so um, it's just important to get help when when you see somebody or you you see one of those symptoms that we talked about earlier and you know be con- show concern show compassion get them help it's a silent struggle for many people yeah and I really love that this is something that is in Knoxville and that we are we're so lucky to have this in our community because I like I said I just think with the age of people that we work with every single day um, I think that there's just more of a need for this than than ever I think that with the um, social media and all of that there is this pressure um, that our students can definitely feel I mean we all feel it like it's it's hard to mm-hmm. want to keep up with and you know you see everybody editing photos and all of that stuff like it's just not everything's real anymore um, mm-hmm. and everybody can take that as reality and I think it's just really important for us to have those outlets and have those resources um, to really help us you know get through this I mean our moms like didn't have this pressure um, it was different I think that they definitely um, I mean I think our our parents you know struggled with different things of like having to feel skinny and like all of that but now there's even more at a younger age I Absolutely. think that we're all exposed to things like a, a lot younger and you know the Instagram and the model and the influencers and like all of that yeah it's true we were not designed to be able to compare ourselves to this many people all the time it's really hard to avoid it's so so hard and then you add on top of that the part about eating disorders that isn't related to vanity the part where you know this helps me feel in control of my life this helps me feel as though I'm on top of things I can control my body even if everything else is going wrong or you know if I eat I can't focus on getting through the day I can't get any of my work done or you know I can't focus until I've purged something and then I can finally sit still. So for the way that we see eating disorders, it's not just, you know, oh, I just want to be thin and pretty or, oh, I just can't stop eating. We see it as a coping skill, maybe not a healthy coping skill, but absolutely something that comes along to try to help somebody feel better. And maybe it works for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes more of a problem than a solution. And that's where we start to meet people at that part in their journey where it's like, I've done this for so long. It's helped me feel comfortable. It's helped me maybe forget about some stuff from the past. Mm -hmm. It's helped me not deal with some of these tough feelings. And now it's all coming up and I don't know what to do with all of it. And we see that especially in the student population Mm -hmm. and especially people in very competitive fields like beauty um, who, you know, I know you've talked before about how like sometimes we don't have time to grab lunch in the middle of the day or you know we work 12 hours and by the time we finally get to eat maybe we're not hungry or we eat too much until we feel sick 
And it's just hard to take care of ourselves in such a busy, fast-paced world that demands perfection, that demands beauty at all costs. <sighs> so there's a lot that we're up against, and there's a lot that eating disorders try to solve but end up creating more problems and solutions. Yeah, so That's absolutely. what we're here to help do is problem solve. Yeah. So Lauren, we were talking earlier about how prevalent this is and how many people are actually affected by this. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, yeah, well, actually, part of the reason we wanted to do this podcast so much is because we wanted to spread this message because so many people don't realize how prevalent they are. Over 30 million people in the United States are struggling with some type of eating disorder, and it's actually the leading cause of death out of any other mental illness, so not depression, not schizophrenia, eating disorders, and that was shocking for me to find out, and I think that shocks most people because... They just don't expect that, so it's just very imperative that we break the stigma and spread this message and essential really to saving lives. Yeah, and with those kind of numbers, it's we all know somebody that is struggling with this or has struggled with this. Exactly. I mean, it, the numbers of who are around us, so we just need yep. to make sure that this conversation's open. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, I love that, and I think that I think that we're like I said, we're really lucky to have an organization like this in the community. And hopefully, if like I said, you're not in Knoxville, um, there's a lot of organizations um, around the country. And hopefully, um, you know, if you are in Knoxville, this might be something that that will help you, or you might have a friend or, or family member that will benefit from this as well. So, Lauren, where can we follow you? Um, how do we get information about this? Um, or if you we want to share information, how do yeah. we go about doing that? So you can go to our website, which is www www.focusintegrativecenters.com. Um, you can give us a call. Um, ask Penny any questions. It's 865-622-7116. Um, even if you wanted to shoot an email to us, it's info at focusintegrativecenters.com. Um, we're on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. Our Instagram is the same. It's focusintegrativecenters.com. Okay, so we will put all the information, links, and bio. Um, we'll make sure that everything in the podcast, all the phone numbers, website, everything's listed right below. It's wherever you're listening right mm -hmm. after this. Um, make sure that you go check that out. Um, follow them on Instagram. There's a lot of things happening there that are just outside of, of the therapy realm. And I just think it's just really important that all of us um, just have a little bit more compassion. And, and just especially for an industry where um, we are so focused on beauty to make sure that we're um, spreading the love of all around of the inside as well. Well, thank you all so much for being with us today. And thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at www.tennesseeschoolofbeauty.com. Follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to follow me at Beauty School Bobby and visit our website, beautyschoolbobby.com, where you can find all of our episodes. Make sure you guys are rating and sharing. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, bye.